This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, September 30th. Coming up, we'll hear from a man who paddled down more than 2,000 miles of the Missouri River, and from a group of friends who float down the river playing live music. You know, we'll come out here at sunset, come out for a couple hours, it's the best zen. It was like, you know, you can go to happy hour, spend 50 bucks, or we can spend 25 bucks and come out on the boat. But first, some headlines. An income tax cut for Missourians is headed to Governor Mike Parson. Jonathan All reports. The measure would reduce the state's top income tax rate to just less than 5 percent and sets up provisions for it to go lower if economic conditions are met. Republican Representative Bill Kidd from Jackson County voted for the measure, but says legislators need to reduce taxes that affect poorer residents, namely property and personal property taxes. If you're a low-bracket income earner or you're a fixed-income earner, this tax cut's not going to really do much for you at all. That's the truth. The House rejected an attempt to reduce corporate tax levels and an amendment that would have reduced sales taxes on personal hygiene products. Kansas and Missouri are joining four other states with Republican attorneys general or governors to sue the Biden administration over its student loan forgiveness plan. KCUR's Zach Perez reports the suit was filed yesterday in federal court in Missouri. The lawsuit accuses President Biden of overstepping his authority to enact his plan. The suit also argues that the plan would disrupt revenue to various states. The plan would cancel $10,000 in student loan debt for those making less than $125,000 or households with less than $250,000 in income. Pell Grant recipients would be eligible for an additional $10,000 in relief. This is the second lawsuit this week filed against the Biden administration over the plan. Johnson County's health director will resign in early November after more than two years on the job. KCUR's Noah Taborda has more. Sanmi Areola was named director of the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment in March 2020, just as the first cases of COVID-19 were recorded in the Kansas City metro. Department spokeswoman Barbara Mitchell said Areola is leaving for a job in another county. The county manager's office will lead the search for his replacement. I think the information is relatively new, so I don't think they've got a plan as of yet, but probably it will be within the next few weeks or so after that, that it'll happen. Deputy Director Charlie Hunt will lead the department during the search for Areola's successor. The Kansas City Streetcar's Main Street extension is expected to enter a new phase of construction. Department of Transportation Director Jason Waldron says residents should find it easier to drive around streetcar construction in the coming weeks. We've kind of officially transitioned from the the utility work to the actual streetcar work, and uh, we're finding a little momentum. If if you're driving around, you're going to see a little less cones, and it will be a little more predictable. The Main Street extension is expected to get its first streetcar next fall. On a recent Saturday afternoon, Kansas City musicians Betsy Ellis and Clark Wyatt hitched a ride on the pontoon boat, the Kansas City Lady, with Captain Roger McBride. KCUR's Julie Denishay brought her microphone along for their short trip up the Missouri River. There they are. Hello, permission to come aboard, even though I'm already aboard. (laughs) If you'll kick that door shut, we're going to back out again. I'm the captain of the Kansas City Lady. My name's Roger Gabab McBride. So this is my river. I share it with others, but it's my river. And if you haven't been on the Missouri River, as a lot haven't, I uh, highly recommend you come out here. We'll take any and everybody out. We just want you to come fall in love with it and take an active part in its stewardship. 
because it is where we get our coffee. It's where we wash our grandchildren. Yeah, it is the water of life. We should all be a lot more mindful of it. My name is Clark Wyatt, <laughs> and I'm a musician and an artist, and I'm on a boat with my friend Roger steaming up the Missouri River. We're headed towards Caw Point right now. We, uh, we launched from a riverfront park, and here we are, late summer, on a flat boat, pontoon boat, platform boat, whatever you want to call it, and uh, cruising it by, what, five knots, six knots? We're going about 12 knots right now. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, about 12 knots, heading up towards Caw Point on the Missouri River right now, the greatest of rivers. I'm Betsy Ellis, and I'm here aboard a beautiful pontoon boat cruising toward downtown Kansas City, Missouri on a cloudy day where the breeze is very cool and the water is smooth. Boating down the river, that's a Missouri team. You can take your time on this kind of boat and enjoy things moving in slow motion. So much travel we do is based on speed, isn't it? How fast can we get there? And this is not about speed, it's about an experience that is a departure from any other means of transportation that, that I can think of. Stay 100 foot off this bank and just go up around. This is Call Point. This is where the Kansas and the Missouri River meet. Right here, it gets about 70 foot deep from the forces of these two rivers colliding. <laughs> you know, almost every day, every other day to minimum, you know, we'll come out here at sunset. Come out for a couple hours, it's the best zen. It was like, you know, you can go to happy hour, spend 50 bucks, or we can spend 25 bucks and come out on the boat. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> this is the best front porch, hands down. One of my favorite things is is seeing other people on the river and doing the big wave. You're, you're far away, you're not gonna talk, but you're acknowledging each other in this setting that is just unlike anything else you can experience. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. I hope everybody enjoyed the ride. Next time, come down and see it for yourself. We're here regularly yep. on the Missouri River. <laughs> Kansas City Art Institute professor Steve Snell spent the summer on a much longer trip on the Missouri River. He paddled more than 2,300 miles from Three Forks, Montana to St. Louis. He told KCUR's Steve Kraske how he did it and what he painted along the way. Here's part of their conversation from KCUR's Up to Date. 
Why did you want to do this, paddle all 2,341 miles of the Missouri River? It just sounded like a good idea. Huh. I know I, I moved here seven years ago, a little bit over that, I guess, now. And when I got to Kansas City, I, the first thing that struck me was the river. That's what got me into paddling and exploring this area. And I just kind of fell in love with it after that. That's neat. You moved to Kansas City, as you said, seven years ago. What fascinates you the most about this, this river? Well, it's so it's so diverse. Um, I mean, even in the area close to us, you know, it doesn't take long for the river to change quite a bit, and mm. for you to uh, kind of get this feeling of of being alone out there, even though you're quite close to qu- quite a lot of people. Yeah. But you can kind of have it to yourself, and um, you know, I'm just kind of drawn to the unknown in a way, and it's just full of unknowns and kind of rich experiences in that sense. So, when did you start, and when did you reach St. Louis? I started June 2nd up in Three Forks, and I got to St. Louis on August 28th. Wow. Is that about what you planned it to be, or or were you just guessing? I mean, it was a little bit of guesswork, but also planning, Um, and I was about on time. At one point earlier in the journey, I was like thinking it would be closer to mid-September, and that was kind of the date I promised my wife I'd definitely be done by. But um, after getting off the lakes up in the Dakotas, it just went by really quick. You know, I was struck by something. You told Julie Denache of KCUR that you set out to create an updated portrait of the Missouri River and the mark that humans had made on it. But once you got going, Steve, and got on the river, your interests changed. How so? Well, I, I don't know if they totally changed as much as they just kind of evolved. Um, you know, it's a, the, the portrait is through my perspective and through my experience, and everybody's going to have a different one. I mean, there's there's parts of the river that uh, are, um, you know, for example, up on Lake Sakakawea, I heard the pump jacks of the oil drilling before I even saw it, and huh. and they really line the lake uh, for a good, at least half of that lake, it seems like you see the, the flares and the gas lines and all that. Oh, that's interesting. But, um, it also didn't make it any, for me, it was still quite beautiful and, and um, remarkable of a landscape despite that clear intervention, that impact that we've had on the land. How did, how did you decide what you were going to paint? Well, that, I guess maybe that's where things evolved a little bit. You know, like I had these expectations of the updated portrait of the river. Like I wanted to paint certain geological features that Carl Bodmer painted in like the 1830s, right? Mm-hmm. But when I hit some of those spots, like in the Missouri Breaks, I was dealing with 40 to 5, 45 mile an hour wind gusts and rain. And, wow. you know, I'm like, I'm not getting out of the boat right now to make a painting. I'm just trying to stay upright. And so my, my painting subjects were mostly determined by the weather and um, where I landed in terms of my camps. Huh. And then occasionally, if, you know, time allowed, I would be able to pull over specifically to make a painting. But it was mostly based off of, um, you know, where I, where I was. And where I stopped. You know, you paint with watercolors, and I'm wondering why watercolors instead of oil on a trip like this? Well, it's pragmatic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm surrounded by water. I can literally just dip my brush in the, in the river and ah. fill a jar. But um, also, I was inspired by the watercolors of an artist named Carl Bodmer that went up the river in 18, I think it was 1831, huh. um, and documented what the river looked like at that time. And so that those those really blew me away when I found them in a book at the library, and that's I just didn't really overthink it. I'm like, I, I'm going to make watercolors. That's hey, what I do. How did you ensure that none of these completed paintings wound up getting wet? Some of them did get wet. Did they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, protecting the paper was it was a difficult challenge. Of, at times, I had wave crash in the boat once when going through some rapids, 
and uh, that ruined about 45, 60 sheets of paper. But it didn't really ruin it. I just used them anyway. It just becomes part of the process. But I had a watertight case for all my camera gear, and finished paintings could go in there. And yeah. then when I'd get to a small town, I could mail home um, the finished work. So I didn't always have everything with me. Could anybody do something like this? I mean, come down the Missouri River? What, what, what do you need to do it? Yeah, I, th- I think ultimately you need some time and maybe some determination, but you don't need to be an expert paddler by any means. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that do this have never been in a canoe before they even get to Montana, and they learn along the way. And I'm uh, personally, I'm, I'm not an expert paddler. I learned really when I got to Kansas City mm-hmm. and on the river and, um, you know, trying to do it safely wearing a life jacket and kind of know what you're doing to some degree, but um, just being careful and paying attention and respecting the river are, are, okay. Are there plenty of places to s- stay along the way? There's plenty of places. Mm-hmm. I mean, some places have more or better camping than others, mm-hmm. but um, I never, never couldn't find a place to sleep. So what's going to happen to the paintings, to the video that you took? What's, what are your plans for all this going forward? Well, I, I want to... For the paintings, I want to build a, uh, an exhibition, and my dream is to try and get it shown in every state that aligns the river. Oh, cool. If I can get it back to Montana, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And from talking to people up there all along the way, I would you know, share my work with strangers that I'd meet at camps or at boat ramps, and just to everyone was kind of encouraging to bring it back here. You know, We want to see what the river looks like down there, too. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's one part of, of this project, and I'll be applying for shows throughout the fall and Hopefully next spring and next year I'll be able to have a couple shows and definitely one here in Kansas City. Have you completed the videos? Are those all edited the way you want them to be? No, the videos I'm just starting. Mm -hmm. Literally, like last night, I'm for the first time looking through some of this footage that I I, I recorded every day. And my concept going into it, because I'm a painter and I also work in video, was to try and have it both ways. And so I'm making a, a show. Imagine like a painting show like Bob Ross, but in an adventure survival mode. Uh-huh. So it'll be every <laughs> a little ep- more exciting than Bob Ross, you hope. Well, I, yeah. I think Bob Ross can be pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm clearly no Bob <laughs> Ross either. Um, so I have, we'll see what it becomes, but each episode would take place on a different part of the river, you know, from Montana down to St. Louis. And then, um, Collectively, you know, build a portrait of the river is oh, kind of my, my concept. And, and when do you think people around here will, will be able to see it? Uh, next spring. I'll, I'll be able to premiere the first episode next spring, and um, I'll shortly have them online. I, I really want them to be accessible to people. And, uh, you know, so that it's a way for people to get to know their river and uh, be able to see it and experience it in that way. That was Kansas City Art Institute professor Steve Snell and KCUR's Steve Kraske. You can hear their entire conversation from up to date at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Julie's story about the musical Pontoon Boat, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. On Monday, we'll bring you a roundup of Missouri politics. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Lamont McIntyre spent 23 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. There was nothing to tie me to this crime. Nothing. Once he was exonerated and a list of murdered women appeared, 
more and more people in power started to realize the depths of this story. Overlooked, KCUR's new investigative podcast exposes it all. I'm Peggy Lowe. Search for Overlooked KCUR wherever you get your podcasts.